The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Hello, everyone. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. Hey, I'm excited today. I have some good friends and <clears throat> folks that um, I know that you and the audience will will love to hear about. They have interesting individual life stories, and they're creating a beautiful story together. Uh, so I think that is 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 quite wonderful. Um, my guest today on Plant Profits, I have. Uh, Mr. Josh Wong, who is president of RGB Cannabis, and Mr. Steve Colburn, who is the chief operating officer of RGB Cannabis. And hello, guys. How are you doing? Hi, Vern. Thanks for having us. Oh, man. I'm so excited to have you here. It's it's great. And, um, and hey, my guests here are, are in Canada. They live in Canada. They were raised in Canada, and um, they're Canadians. And um, and you know, so we're going to get a chance to talk about Canada. I, I find Canada is a neighboring country, but I find it such an interesting place. I love going to Canada, and I sometimes I feel like when I go to Canada, I'm so much further away than what I really am. Uh, and and that's um, and that's that's kind of cool. Now um, I know Josh, you went to. Yeah, you went to school in Calgary, right? You, did you grow up in Calgary? Yep, yep. Born and raised Calgarian. <clears throat> Calgarian? I like yeah, that. That Calgarian. sounds like something that came off Star Trek, Calgarian. But could <laughs> <laughs> be. It's it's close. It's that far away. So <laughs> you know, when when I think of Calgary, man, I think of I think of uh, you know uh, uh, rodeo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Greatest outdoor show on earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Over. see, I'm 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 from Texas, so I understand that. Sure, that yeah, horse yeah. and cow thing. I get that. You know, uh, going to big rodeos in Houston, Texas, and going to trail rides and parades in Fort Worth. You know, you you just you kind of get you just part it. Yeah, and, yeah. You're part. But, it's. I mean, both Steve and I could probably tack and saddle our own horses, and we're not really horsemen. You know. But yeah, it's just because you grow up around it, right? You have friends who have animals, and uh, I love I love horses, though I have to say I like riding horses and stuff. And we are, we are sort of we are the mini Texas or whatever you want to call it. We have a lot of rodeos, and we have a lot of small town rodeos too, which is what yeah, people which is really like. fun too. The small yeah, town small town rodeos are because yeah. it's so important to the town. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's so important to the town and the people, and they get into it, and everybody's got a some boots on everybody's got a hat it's crazy uh it's kind of cool now you went to the university of calgary uh and you went to film school we're gonna we're gonna get into that but man tell me tell me just a little bit about your nucleus that you grew up around your your you know your your team your your folks your family give us something like just a crew? little bit about that yeah my crew well growing up i had a i was a bit of a brady bunch family so okay. uh, my my mother had four daughters uh, when my dad met her and fell in love with her. And my God, dad, my dad was a 
an angel from heaven, you know, he, that man, I don't, I think anyone who ever met him would always say that he was one of the kindest, most giving humans they'd ever met. So he just decided to take that all on. I don't, yeah. you know, at the time I thought, you know, you look back and you think, you know, taking on a kid or two is one thing, but for four kids that aren't your own and they were near teenagers at that time, you know, or they were, some of them were, were full on teenagers. And so that was, I think that was a quite a challenge. And then they had me. So I, I say like, I, I'm a bit blessed. I had five mothers. Yeah. Like I literally have five mothers. Yeah. Like I have four women telling me what to do pretty much all the time other than my wife, you know? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it was, it was a funny time growing up because I, I got a lot of love though. Yeah. So as much to my wife's chagrin, she, she, she feels like I was indulged in, in how much I was loved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, and it, it's nothing you could do about it. It's just the, the, the nature of things, man. But, but I tell you what, Kudos to your wife for marrying you, knowing that she's got to deal with all these women, right? Uh, that loves this only son, you know. Yeah. That that I mean, man, that she that, had that's... she had to stay up a couple of nights thinking about that. Five you know? <laughs> Think about it. Five yeah, exactly. All you know, when, the same thing. What is, uh, is he getting? What he wants? And you know? uh, exactly, Ex exactly. And, and, and Steve, same with you. You guys grew up. Did you know each other uh, at a young age or, or did that come later? No, Josh and I only met a couple of years ago, but because we both yeah. come from Calgary and Calgary is a small community when you actually start looking into it. And yeah. he knew my cousins and like oh, it was yeah. a crazy connection once we started diving in and it was pretty easy to do some due diligence on him and ask my cousin, ah, what's up with this Josh Wong guy? He seems really smart. He's like, oh, he's a good guy. So kind of just blossomed from there was our love for cannabis has brought us together. Yeah. It's an amazing, it was literally like a year and a half. I think we've known each other, but that is it feels crazy. Like a long time. That is, yeah. you guys relationship is hell is almost as young as COVID. Um, yeah, it, it will. It started. I told, we might have started it. Who knows? <laughs> Keep us apart. Now I got to ask you, Steve Colburn, what the hell is geomatic engineering? What is that? <laughs> I mean, who uh, goes so, to school for that? Well, people huh? grow up in Calgary, man. So oil, <laughs> okay. and gas is, oil and gas is huge here, obviously. So my parents or my dad was in oil and gas. He's what you call a land agent. So he goes and negotiates with the landowner on behalf of the oil company to access their land. He well, goes, actually, screws those guys. He, he screws he, those guys. He, tries to not. He, he was actually quite loved because he'd bring checks to them, right? He'd bring yeah. the quarter million dollar checks. So okay. the All geomatics right. engineering is like the surveying of it. So making plans and there's data, data collecting at the end of the day. But it really set me up good for doing this kind of job because of how yes. we're able to like pull information, right? Like everything's information driven and we collect it now. And we have a very interesting way of running our company using digital data. No, that's that's cool, and I want to maybe we get a chance to get into some depth on that. Now, now, Josh, you went to film school. So, what was happening in your life with those twenty-five women that raised you? No, it's five, but uh, you know that 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 really attracted you. That you wanted to put your thoughts on the screen, and you actually thought we would like it. I, I mean, the real story is that I never wanted to be a filmmaker. Okay. It was never an ambition of mine. It was never <laughs> something I wanted to do. I was a musician. I played in bands. I sang in bands. I still have a band that's charting in Billboard. Like, I'm, I'm a rock singer, and I've been a rock singer for 
30 years almost since I was a teenager. And wow. I just really like being in bands. Yeah. But uh, I, that's not a very good job, especially if you don't sell any records. So, uh, um, so I just took a job working as a PA in production and I started to move my way up. And really what happened is after I got into the camera department, people mm -hmm. started to realize I had talent. Okay. So th oh, this is, you mean behind really, the scenes, yes, you, you know, with, scenes. Yeah. looking through a lens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. I had special ability or whatever it was i had talent you know behind the lens so i got to start being in the camera department and that's where it really started to take off and how i became a director is i was a director of photography i was of some repute and uh, shooting stuff basically the head camera guy okay and the the director didn't show oh just missed it. the director just missed yeah, the, was, missed the meeting yeah yeah, just didn't, yeah. yeah he just it was a shoot we were supposed to be shooting this live concert and he didn't show up so the producer just goes, you're directing. And I was like, oh, fuck, you know, excuse my language. I don't know. <laughs> I know that's right. uh, I, I, that was really one of the OF moments of my life because I had no ambition to be a director. Okay. I was just, it was just a job. But I, it, you, like, I've, I've only heard, the only person I've ever heard the similar thing is, is, a, is a race car driver one, an F1 guy. I can't even remember who it was. But once they let you behind the wheel. Yeah you do not want to let go of that control. It is an interesting thing that power, you know, and it's not power so much as is it now I get to decide what the creative is. Uh -huh. And that, and that happened to you. You felt that. Yeah. The, the first I day, in love with, the first I day. Addicted. Yeah. The first, the first moment oh, that really? I was in that seat, yeah. I was like, Whoa, this is for me. I don't want to ever touch that camera again. Kind of thing. Like it was now I'm in the seat. Now I can drive. And wow. What I realized was I was actually much better driver than I was a cameraman. I was, I'm a much, much better director than I was. A, I, you know, being a director is a lot in what goes on in here, uh -huh. right? Being able to uh, put, the, put the movie together in different orders in your mind and shuffle things around, shuffle scenes around, much like we do in nonlinear editing now with the computer. But if you're able to do that in your mind on set, those mm. are the most powerful filmmakers, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like at the that highest kind of yeah. level in Canada at that now. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, I still have, I'm still always making usually one project every few years. So right now I'm working on a drama Western and I, I actually, uh, yeah, I showed you, I teased you a clip of it. So yeah, that, 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 that is, well, I mean, you gotta, you gotta give it, give us just a little bit so that we can, the audience can can look out for it. What what's intriguing about the story that I, that should get our attention? Yeah, I so this is a very famous Calgarian and Alberton. I'm making a it's not a biopic because it's it's a drama, and I I made it up basically. I got a writer together, and I took the the historical stories because there's no real accurate stories of this man's life. Right, but many historians have written books about what they think pieced together all of the facts they have and tried to recreate his life so i i was super super identified with this character because he happened to be african-canadian right and he was a, he was a slave that was from texas and he m made his way up to canada and became like a really really famous rancher in the 1900s in the early 1900s in canada so when I found out about this character, I became completely obsessed, like as a teenager, like I was probably 13. And what happened was I just loved the story, kept researching it, researching it. And later on in my directorial career, a writer came to me and said, I have a script about 
this character. <laughs> and I, I was just like, that was it. I, I have never worked on a thing since that's three years ago. Yeah. I have not even, I have not shot a commercial. I have not, I am just totally, totally obsessed with that film. Well, and I, I will, I will die like, or make it. Like okay. So in my lifetime, right? I, I love that story for so many reasons that you can imagine, but when, when will we get a chance to see it? I mean, that's up to the question, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we will make the film probably within the next 24 months. Okay. So, okay. So it'll come out within the next couple of years. And I think it'll be a, like you, like you already know is, you know, you know, my goal is that, you know, kids in Compton are wearing cowboy hats for, for Halloween that year, you know, like that's, that's, that's what I want to see. You know, I want to see a real, I want to see the real black Panther out there in the world, you know, like the guy who like, you know, cha changed my life personally, like in my, like, take a look at me. You think I ever got to be a cowboy? Like, I was always the Indian, right? like there was no, there was no, I never got to be the cowboy. I never got to be the lead. Yeah. Never got to be, unless it was a Kung Fu movie and that was dubbed. Yeah. Nobody like me was ever the lead character in any movie I ever watched. So. No, that's, that that's, that's, that's crazy. Look, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to dive into more cannabis uh, talk and background talk with you guys. I'm looking forward to it. Well, look, uh, I, I really love that story. And I know that there's some other things we can talk about uh, that's going to actually help RDB uh, with this. And, and, and Steve, uh, your story is coming because I really want people to understand why you're in cannabis. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's very, uh, very, very cool. Hey, I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global. And I'm having a great discussion today with Mr. Josh Wong and Mr. Steve Colburn of RGB Cannabis. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. My guests say Razzie Berry. We're talking about nature, naturopathic medicine, as well as the concept of prevention and preventing disease. Empower people to live a naturopathic lifestyle. Get to know your body, understand its rhythms, remove toxins, and use natural alternatives whenever possible. 90 to 95% of cancers are due to environment and lifestyle risk factors. I mean, that's a huge number. That means that cancer is preventable. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. And Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global. And my guests today are all of RGB Cannabis, Mr. Josh Wong, who's the president, Mr. Steve Colburn, who is the chief operating officer of RGB Cannabis. And both of these gentlemen have come into the cannabis, uh, cannabis has come into their lives in, in their own way. And, uh, and it's become an extremely important part. And that's why we're having this conversation. Uh, Steve, you got an interesting story. I mean, it's a personal wellness story. I'd love for people to understand how cannabis became part of, of who you are and the fabric of your life. For sure. Yeah. So I, I grew up 
with a mother that was really into homeopathic medicine. So we rarely would go to doctors. It was always put lavender under your pillow or rub some eucalyptus on you or anything along that. So that kind of set up my life for cannabis because I really had a love for plants. But when I turned 20, between 20 and 21, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is a pretty crazy gut issue with your large intestine and colon. Mm. And I was given lots of different drugs from the doctors to try and manage pain for a good four weeks. I lost 40 pounds and got super sick and just pretty much withering away in front of my parents. So they actually ended up giving me a joint. The first time I smoked weed, my parents handed me a joint in their living room and I was 20. So it was pretty crazy because like I, I never really thought of using cannabis or alcohol in my earlier life because I lived out in the country. So I was always driving. Yeah, didn't really man, didn't really I'm, I'm thinking, where the hell did mom and dad get this joint? Is this something <laughs> well, that they've been doing and tell me about? Oh, for sure they are. And like they we were always quite honest. My parents were like, you guys can smoke weed, but wait till you're older and your brain's done growing. Cause like the earlier you smoke weed, the quicker your brain's gonna stop developing. So they were really quite honest with us about it. And none of us really jumped into it until I was handed it when I was 21. And mm. so I'm 37 now, but for for about so I've given me that first joint, made me sleep through the night. I pretty much use cannabis since that day. Um, and that was 15 years ago. So obviously okay. you weren't buying stuff by the strain name, right? It was just the bag of weed. So right. once in a while, I discovered that the cannabis did not help me at all. It made me sicker. I was like, what's going on? Like, so I started really researching cannabis and like figuring out what was in cannabis. It wasn't just weed, right? So yeah. I discovered trichomes, THC, CBD, and eventually all these minor cannabinoids that in my heart, I was just like, man, these are the things that are probably actually helping me are these minor cannabinoids. So I dove in hard and started extraction, learned about it, how to separate those necessary uh, pieces of the plant from the actual plant. So washing those trichomes off the plant and figuring out what was actually in there. So I was able to keep a pretty good medical journal for yeah. about six years with my gastroenterologist because again, like everyone was against weed, man. Like they were a hundred percent against it. And I've actually been able to bring him over to the dark side or now it's the green it's side. The green right? side. Like, yeah. It's pretty crazy. Cause I, for, for the last three years, every six months, I go and talk to him. I'm healthy. I don't have any pharmaceutical drugs in my body. Um, and yeah, we just discussed my cannabis use and kind of how it helps me through my day to day. Uh, I had my large intestine and colon removed about five years ago because of just other complications with drugs they were trying to give me. Because wow. um, again, like ulcerative colitis is kind of a newer disease, let's call it, what's being treated. So they treat it with lots of random stuff and like it caused pretty weird side effects for me and everyone else that's taking it. So I was really interested in trying to find something that didn't create these side effects. And eventually through all of my <laughs> guinea pigging on myself, I found that the minor cannabinoid CBG actually really helped my life. And it doesn't, that doesn't get you stoned, right? That, that became my problem is I couldn't be smoking a joint at 7am and then going to draft survey plans for oil and gas. Right. So I needed something where I was like still kind of focused and like not wanting to go veggie and play video games. Right. So that was pretty much how I got introduced to weed and then met Josh and like our synergies just completely connected from two different avenues of cannabis. And yeah, but don't both loving it. Right. So it proved that like, you didn't have to be a stoner to love weed. No, no, that's, that's great. And, and Josh, you've been in it longer than him and, and you came by it a little different way, but the, the passion came about. Why don't you share a little bit of that? Yeah, I'm, I'm slightly older than Steve. Uh, doesn't look it though. No, he doesn't. No. But, uh, <laughs> 
I, so I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a rec user, but I lived in Vancouver. So I came, I came a lot of it for me was, uh, uh, you know, being a, a, an 18 year old, you know, living in Vancouver on the West coast, mm -hmm. uh, sort of the center of the universe for cannabis use at that, especially at that time mm -hmm. in the world, maybe we used to call it Vansterdam, you know, like yep. It, yeah, the, the, yeah. the laws were, were getting even, you know, you could literally, you know, the police would come and go put it out or whatever they, they it, you know, and that was, that was, that was, a, that was when people were getting beat down in LA and stuff for you know, getting caught with weed and stuff. So, you know, this, this was an interesting time and an interesting place to be. And what I learned about was the activism, the hemp side, okay. the fact that, you know, cannabis was held back because of industry. And that's what a lot of people really didn't understand. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners understand now, though, but mm -hmm. cannabis was outlawed because of the forestry industry. Like, that's just the facts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Those are the facts. So the fact that we still aren't making industrial hemp products, we're still not in making industrial hemp rope. We're still not like all clothes should be made with hemp. Like everything should be made with hemp, really. But the cotton industry. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, there, there's a lot of things that will suffer a lot of billionaires, frankly, that will lose a market share. So not unlike the electric car or whatever you want to call it, it's been suppressed. Cannabis has been completely suppressed. So that was what what I I was awakened to that in the early 90s. Okay. So so so, you know, so for me, it was a massive black market. Like my father was a conservative Chinese guy. Mm hmm. So this was like a very contentious uh, time in my life between 25 and 35, say, um, where I was sort of one of the people really fighting the good fights. Like a lot of the people stand on the shoulders of greatness because I was the type of person that moved. When I moved back to Calgary, I would smoke joints in public and just say, do you think I'm doing something wrong? Mm -hmm. And the answer was always no. Like at first, a person would confront me and go, hey, you can't do that here. Right. And just I from a legal, just from a legal social yeah. order perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, you know, I've been breaking down stigma forever mm -hmm. saying, do you want somebody drinking whiskey back here? Or would you prefer me being polite to your, like, you know, and, and I just started to convince people that, you know, cannabis is, is, and cannabis people in, uh, are very, usually really good people. Like people that want to use cannabis on a regular basis are chill people like it's it's a stereotype that's there for a reason right yeah. uh, not everyone who smokes cannabis is a good person that's ridiculous right but i think that people who reach out for that type of lifestyle usually don't have a lot of malintent so <clears throat> you know as opposed to you know I, i've talked to many police officers through my filmmaking about alcohol and cannabis i started making a film about cannabis and that was really how i got into it and a lot of those officers would tell me you know, we go to a domestic violence and there's a bottle of vodka or whiskey. Yeah. yeah. Like always, mm -hmm. like not oh, sort of like it's always there. So they get drunk and they beat each other. But if we go in and people are smoking weed, nobody they're eating potato chips like, you know, it's, it's, they're not they're not fighting. So, you know, it's just that. the cops knew, too. Right. Yeah. Like everybody knows. Yeah, everybody everybody knows. knows. Everybody knows. So I mean, there was no point in hiding it anymore. And so I started to be a proponent and as a musician and as a filmmaker, people knew I was a pothead. Yeah. That guy is the, that guy's the pot guy. If you want to smoke pot, go ask him. He'll figure it out for you. He'll help you find somebody. He'll, and I, I met a guy who owned a clinic in town and mm -hmm. that was in 2016 okay. and he was fascinating. So I started making a movie about him and then he roped me into helping the company and 
that company now has 24 stores and I don't ever, I don't have, I don't, I don't work with them anymore, but I, I ended up starting my own brand because I saw the opportunity. And when I met Steve, that yeah. was when, like, that was when I was no longer a pretender. Like, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a highest level of sommelier certification at this point. But when I first met Steve, I was like, I don't know, man, what do you think? And he's like, dude, you're brilliant. And he, Steve gave me the push to like, to get it done. Yeah. You guys get it done. Get it. So let, let, let's talk about that. And you just said something. Um, you guys are sommeliers in cannabis. And how many of those folks exist? I mean, certified knowledge is verified. How many of those folks exist? I, I mean, we'd have to ask Canada reps. They, they certify people every year. Okay. So like, I think once a quarter, they, I don't know with COVID what's happening, but Canada reps, and I will plug them fully. Aldolfo is a guy who's uh, from Argentina, I believe originally. And he lives in Vancouver. And what he did was he studied all over the world, the land races. Mm-hmm. And like he, he went hard and he, and then what he did was he broke it down into curriculum. Okay. So he was like kind of the first guy that I know of. There's, there's the Tricom Institute in, uh, where's that in Colorado, Steve? So that was another, so they formalized like cannabis education. But what Aldolfo did is he, he devised a a way to, like he had studied wine quite extensively. Yeah. And wine has terroir and that's it this has the same effect on the cannabis yeah, exactly right, yes. right? so that's yes. so that's why he he sort of he, he built a a sommelier course basically around what wine people in france and italy mm-hmm. were doing uh for sommeliers in in other parts of the world for cannabis and it is an intense program let me tell you uh it isn't that long but the fact that like at the final exam was i had to you get you get a half an hour to take notes on 16 different in, strains in glass mm-hmm. jars mm-hmm. and you get to know what they are so you make notes then you go for lunch you come back and you have to identify all the strains just yeah. by looking well yeah so i mean but when later on when you realize when i had to buy a quarter million dollars worth of cannabis without ever trying it <laughs> It seemed pretty useful at that moment. You were like, okay, this training is important. Oh, man, I I bet you did. And what I really want to talk about is you guys have came about your knowledge and your intensity of knowledge uh, of the plant in in different ways. But now you're together. What, What power does that create in this RGB business that really is a separator for you? you guys and your brand us being passionate really right like we mm-hmm. when we walk into shops like the bud tenders just like you can tell if they're having a bad day we chat with them about like cannabis minor cannabinoids flavonoids terpenes their minds are blowing right because again we it's been held back information for so long and josh and i were just diving in at every part we possibly could that people look to us as like cannabis experts really and ask us some pretty crazy questions about weed and we usually know the answer for them it just creates it just creates a great synergy between Josh and I because he's just so rack and I'm so medical that they're like, wow, these guys got like yeah. literally both sides of the world right here and can really pretty much we believe them, right? Like that's the biggest thing in cannabis industry is transparency. Yeah. And we just push forward exactly our love for. And it's very hard to deny like love for cannabis between us when we talk. So it's very, it's a very like emotional thing for a lot of people, I believe. Yeah. And like in Canada, we have a, we have a real uh, sort of line in the sand with, with 
licensed producers here we, you know in america it's 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 actually more developed in a sense there's lots of middle grade middle tier you know there's sort of a, a, a um you know um people that are trying to do things that are innovative mm -hmm. in canada we have like kind of this divide we have a many many large large like publicly traded company sort of trying to grind and just just drive the price of the gram down and mm -hmm. and really not not trying to make anything other than products for market and then you have the micro cultivator who is the guy who's from the legacy market who's been growing mm -hmm. for 35 years who only has can only grow 20 kilos like every you know cycle whatever mm -hmm. cycle he's on and you know these guys are just passionate love of the plant and right. you know and they're getting blocked out so what we did was we created a company where we could do that like we could take a small batch grower and get the product to the people so that people don't have to buy from the large producers. I love that, Josh. And that's what we're going to talk about after this break. I'm Vern Davis. I'm the host of Plant Profits. And my guests today are the gentleman who have created this business called RGB Cannabis. And that's Mr. Josh Wong, who's the president, Mr. Steve Colburn, who's the chief operating officer. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at shoogies.com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take anywhere treat. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is brought to you and fueled by Protus Global. And I am with Mr. Josh Wong and Mr. Steve Colburn of RGB Cannabis. And, and, and Josh, you were, you were really, uh, right before the break, really starting to embark on something that I, I think is very interesting for, for us all to know. Please go ahead. Well, as a company, one of our mandates was to try to bring, um, you know, part of what was on the legacy to the market. And what I was explaining is a lot of the micro cultivators who are the originators, essentially, the, the, you know, the giants on which the shoulders we stand. Absolutely. Uh, yes. These people are getting blocked out of the industry, uh, partly because of still stigma. Um, but also because uh, large business and, and um, you know, al big alcohol, big tobacco have now come in and started taking over some of these cannabis companies. And they're, they're really just about profit margin. And so, you know, RGB was an opportunity for us not only to hold true to the people and, the, you know, the, the reasons why we got into the business, but we realize there's a there's an opportunity, a real opportunity, because we know that the customers are actually going to drive sales. Oh, so ab ab absolutely. Now, you guys with RGB have created this highly curated products, you know, and 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 and, and now, have you found that you have been the outlet 
or have you partnered with these these smaller uh, curated growers, highly uh, educated and passionate, and been doing it before it was legal, um, and 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 you've helping them bring through your vehicle uh, product to market. Is that what's going on? Yeah, we currently like we've helped already two different mm -hmm. uh, micro cultivators, and we have three more online now. So we can't help everybody because yeah. we just frankly can't afford it. But that's what I said about, you know, if you're in Canada and you're buying RGB, you're supporting literally the growth of the industry, the true industry, okay. the true legacy products, the true individuals who are going to bring you the best stuff that you're going to want. And, you know, we have uh, very, very lovely factories and we have good partners and we've done sort of the business side so that the micro cultivators who are, are frankly, some of them incredible farmers, but you know, I don't know if you've ever met farmers, but some of them just know farming. Yeah. So, no, you know, I have. the marketing and business side is not, it doesn't, it doesn't resonate with them. So it's really, really, really hard for them to get their own stuff out there. Right. They need people like us to approve the quality and, and get it to market. And so that's part of what we do. And what we did was we got a really great anchor and we actually got our fingers and got our hands a little bit dirty within our own grow mm -hmm. to get things up to the quality that, we, that it should be. So right now we help basically our licensed producer become one of the best producers in the country, especially for the quality. We, we might not be one of the biggest shots, but we certainly are very like we are getting a massive buzz across the nation right now for having some of the best quality. That is that is is uh, amazing. Now this is this is all about affecting the lives of Canadians uh, with the plant and in in a very very positive way. Now, uh, how how will and how can uh, folks here in the U.S. feel that same love from you guys? How, how does that work? <laughs> well, fortunately, my my. Let's go back to my family tree here again. Uh, we we didn't we didn't refer to it at the beginning, but my mother was married to uh, I guess the the Don here. My mother was married to uh, Stan Chong, who is Tommy Chong's brother. Yeah. So my brother, who's my brother-in-law, who's married to my sister, one of those one of my mothers. Mm -hmm. uh, she, one of my mothers is actually Tommy Chong's niece. So my brother-in-law is uh, in, you know, he runs a lot of the stuff here for Chong, Tommy Chong's cannabis in the U S. So okay. everything we do at RGB is basically built upon that. I mean, like a lot of the philosophy and everything mm -hmm. I learned from Tommy, I learned all the activism from Tommy. I learned how to curate products. Um, I mean, I learned a lot about, a lot of stuff from Steve and Adolfo and Dr. Efe Abiola and Dr. Igor Kravchuk. Like I kind of went with it. Yeah. I had an opportunity. So I, 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 I leveled up, let's just say, but Tommy Chong's cannabis is available in every state. So if you're looking for, you can always count on great products. That's all we do. We, we never put anything with that logo on it that has, uh, has a substandard product in it. Like it's nationwide. You can go to any, state that has a medical or recreational cannabis, you can find a Tommy Chong cannabis product and you usually be pretty happy with it. Oh, that's great. No, and, and that's, that's a cool connection. Steve, is there anything, um, we're, we're coming to the end and I just wanted to make sure that, is there anything that we missed that, that you believe 
that uh, the audience need to know that we didn't touch on? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I know that Josh and I are always going to be trying to bring innovative products to the market and looking at the legacy market and seeing what was there. And instead of just jamming more dry flour into containers, like actually make kind of interesting products that people are interested to have. Because again, like not everyone likes smoking cannabis, right? So uh, there's lots of rules in Canada that kind of need to change a little bit because the lawmakers obviously didn't realize what they were doing when they created some of these laws. Like right now, you can only buy five drinks at right. a dispensary that are max 10 milligrams each. So there's lots of goofy rules and laws that need to be kind of massaged before you can really innovate a product. But we're excited to bring those products to market in Canada. No, that's that that's amazing, uh, Steve. Thank you. And and um, really, really appreciate that. And Josh, and thanks, thanks again for for you two guys and for you to 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 come on the show and and um, have this chat with us. And there's a lot more that we didn't talk about. But here's what I love: I love the fact that you guys got together and you created something bigger than yourselves. Mm-hmm. That's really, really um, important. Um, important and you and and your concern is is making sure that when I I consume that I have the opportunity to consume the very best and the highest quality and the cleanest product and the best for me mm-hmm. and that to me is is what brand is all about uh, where you can depend on it on a daily basis or however whenever you want you choose to make that use. And I, I really, really appreciate what you guys are doing from a quality and from an intelligence perspective in the industry. And I want to want to thank you for joining us. And I want to thank all of you for joining us. You can download episodes of Plant Profits uh, by going to CannabisRadio.com and to anywhere you get uh, your podcast uh, fix, man, Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, wherever. And I want you to, to really take note and, and look for this particular um, episode of Plant Profits with Josh Wong, President, and Steve Colburn, Chief Operating Officer of RGB Cannabis. And then I, I want you to check out Protus Global, my company. Uh, man, go and take a look at us. And we're on all of the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, et cetera, anywhere you can find us. Uh, there and you can really understand how we are changing people's lives you know how we're building companies and that's protisglobal.com p-r-o-t-i-s global.com please everyone have a great day enjoy life and cheers The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.